tipped in the air and knocked away. KU's got to win it. Blah, big time two-hand slam by Hunter Dickinson. Kansas is the 2023 WNIT champions. This is the Jayhawker Podcast, presented by the University of Kansas Health System. Well, hello. Welcome to the Jayhawker Podcast. Brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System and Black and Beach. I am Greg Gurley, along with Wayne Simeon, who just witnessed another one of his brothers going up in the rafters this past weekend. Had a great weekend, welcomed with open arms the Missouri Tigers to Allen Fieldhouse and made them leave with another loss, now 3-0 and in the renewed rivalry border showdown wasn't the margin that we have become accustomed to over the last couple of years, but uh, the margin was more than one. And that's all that matters. More than zero. Let's say that a win's a win. It was fun. Uh, didn't play great last year. We had, we were clicking, you know, we were just attacking and, and Wayne, I'll get your opinion on this. I obviously, I think that last year, to me, they defended us differently. They double teamed, they a little bit of a press. But when you do that against a good team, that just basically turns into a manufactured transition opportunity where you have numbers. We took advantage, whether it was Grady Dick hitting threes or Jay Will and KJ getting layups or Kevin. And Dennis Gates, to his credit, didn't, you know, muck it up like that. He kind of just said, we're going to play you this way and we're going to try to man up see what happens and give them a lot of credit. They did a good job. They had a big lead. And without a five-minute stretch to end the first half, it's an entirely different ball game. Yeah, it was a good game. And uh, you, you said it, the style of defense that we've been accustomed to seeing uh, Dennis Gates uh, play has been press-oriented, you know, very sporadic, trying to control the pace of the game. And interestingly enough, I don't think there's been many teams that have attempted that version of defense against uh, Bill Self-coached teams that have been able to to stifle us. You know, he wants to play fast. Uh, We usually have multiple guards that are accustomed to handling pressure, handling traps, handling the basketball, um, guys able to knock down shots. And so... You know, like you said, to his credit, it seems like he made the adjustment and says, hey, we want to try to make these guys play in the half court. Uh, we're going to see if, um, you know, if, if they can make shots. We're going to dare them uh, to make shots. We're going to force uh, Dewan and KJ to beat us and not let Hunter uh, just catch it deep in the post and, 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 and do anything that he wants. And so I think it kind of jarred uh, the Jayhawks in that, that, that the early portion of that first half, but then it seems like they, they certainly got their bearings. Anyway, it was strange because, you know, we missed a ton of bunnies. And even though we were down 14, you still never really felt quite like the game was out of reach. You never really felt like there it was it was uh, too far off for a quick burst, multiple stops, and a nice run. And, and then ultimately that, that that is what happened, which, you know, you, you mentioned that the last several games in which we've played the Tigers, it's been, you know, big time blowouts you know this one even though it wasn't maybe as appealing to watch because there weren't as many uh you know big plays or the the margin wasn't great it, it was 
still somewhat satisfying or actually very much satisfying to almost like allow them to feel like they had an opportunity to win and then you just kind of snatch it right back from them. No, that's exactly what happened. And it reminded me a little bit of the Miami game, the Elite Eight game two years ago when they were making shots. We were playing pretty good defense. They were just making shots. We weren't. We knew a run was coming. I wasn't nervous. I, I you know, down. I think their biggest lead was nine, uh, maybe more, but but it didn't didn't bother me. And then we went on it. I think it was a twenty to two run to finish, and uh, uh, then kind of sluggish back in the second half, which Brian and I talked so much about how you finish a half and how you start a half. We didn't start the game very well, but we finished the half great. Then we didn't start the second half very well, and that's why you end up with a nine-point game. We're, we're, we're kind of mad at ourselves that we only beat them by nine, but that's because the previous two years, like our average margin was 27 or 25, whatever it was. It's just crazy the rivalry numbers the all-time series is crazy it's now 176 to 95 we were talking in the locker room after the game and like is that really a rivalry the answer is yes the the answer is yes but when you look at k-state and kansas it is the highest number of wins against a common opponent with the most amount of games than anybody in all of college basketball and then you look at Kansas, Missouri, it's close. I mean, it's it's not a hundred game difference, but if we play them twice a year, do the math, they have to sweep us for 40 years to get to 500. That just think about that. And so obviously they're on an uptick. They were in a bad place when they got rid of their coach. Dennis Gates did a nice job last year. He's kind of piecing it together this year. And everyone you talked to, I talked to Mike Kelly there. The radio guy who's awesome and he's like they got a really good recruiting class coming in next year but this isn't the missouri podcast and i got to stop talking about them and we need to talk about us and we're nine and one basically the number two team in the country by most polls uh got an opportunity this weekend uh leaving tomorrow for bloomington indiana and uh, tough place to play they're kind of if you watch Watch any Indiana this year. They've had a couple of really bad losses, like where they got blown out by UConn and they just got blown out by Auburn. In the middle, they won at Michigan and they beat Maryland, both former Two good wins, yeah. So, you know, they're going to be at home. They're going to be comfortable. Uh, they're going to have a little red ass from last year when we blew them out. They had Hood Shafino and Trace Jackson Davis came in here, chest out, and it was a beatdown. Like, it was never a game. Uh, some of the friendliest fans ever, the Indiana fans. I mean, I don't know if you had any. Up. Man, they showed up. That was probably the most opposing fans that I've seen in Allen Fieldhouse. I mean, they they had a significant presence. Um, luckily for us, the outcome uh, mitigated that. But but I remember being kind of taken back, like, man, these folks showed up in here. And And I always like to talk to visiting fans or first timers before the game and after the game because we all build it up like it's the greatest thing ever and of course we're going to believe that because we've been to a thousand games here and it's our home but i like first timers that you can actually talk to and then build it up 
but then let them form their own opinion and talk to him after the game. I remember I talked to Danny Hurley after the UConn game, and he was taken aback. Sue Bird. And then the Indiana fans, I don't know any of their names, but we end up at a bar after the game, and a bunch of them were there, and they were super nice, respect the tradition and everything, and and were blown away. Uh, they uh, was one of my favorite stories. Um, I was sitting there, I went out with Coach Self, and Stanford Steve was was uh, with us from ESPN fame, and his first occur, uh, uh, visit to the Fog as well. Anyway, we're sitting there, and the the, the waiter brings over an old fashioned and gives it to Bill. He goes, "I didn't order this," and, he, and it was from a table of Indiana fans that goes. That's for a good old fashioned ass whooping. And, <laughs> and it was great. They we all laughed and high fived them and whatever. But it was, again, I don't want to go on too far about how great they were because we might go up there this weekend and they could be the, the worst home crowd ever. I don't know. Uh, I know I've talked to Hunter about it and, and he's like, they don't like him. Like, we were uh, like, shocking. That doesn't seem like anybody likes you except Michigan fans for three years and Kansas fans, which is great. I love it. I love that he's ours and uh, uh, has done such a good job. And I thought the, the Missouri game showed a little, a little metal, a little moxie for us. And that Hunter didn't have a great game. And still had a double double. I think he was like 16 and 15. Yep. Should have that in front of me. But he didn't dominate the game. But he was great on the glass. Other guys stepped up, and that's the sign of a really good team is when your stud has a decent game, not great, but you beat a good opponent like Missouri. Yeah, and they're certainly going to need that that type of win. One thing that I was disappointed in the Missouri game is, uh, and actually a couple times this year, it seems like we have a difficult time just closing teams out, you know, letting them hang around uh, late in the in the second half, you know, giving up, you know, 22-point lead, 14-point lead, letting it get cut to single digits. And, you know, that's going to be important. Uh, for us to, uh, you know, find a way to uh, to nip that in the bud because now, very much like this opponent we're going to see this weekend in Bloomington, like when you're on the road, like those type of things are just a different, right, Greg? I mean, you know, if you if if a team starts to to, to peel into you know a, a double digit lead, a twenty point lead, you know, their home fans get behind them and they get juice and energized in a different way than they do at a neutral site or in Allen Fieldhouse. And so with this being our first uh, traditional road game, we've played a bunch of neutral site games up until this point, um, it's going to be really, really important uh, to make sure that, that we can establish ourselves, um, you know, dominantly uh, when we get late into a game. And, and as Coach Self likes to say sometimes, man, keep keep our foot on their neck uh, to make sure they, that they don't feel like they've got a chance to be able to, to sneak back into that. Yeah, and we do this every year. You know, well, like you said, this is our first real road game. And people that don't follow us, they'll see some games that are – those were neutral sites. Whether you talk about Hawaii or in Chicago where, you know, you have 25% of the fan base at an NBA arena. And Sean Lester and before Sean, Larry Keating would always schedule per Bill's request, like, I want a good road game before Christmas to get us ready for the stretch of the Big 12 and the grind. And, you know, in years past, we played at Arizona State. We played at – Temple. I mean, I can run through them all, and we've had success, and we've had losses, and it's good for the maturation process of, of especially on a team full of newcomers. Like Wayne said, 
the comfort zone isn't there on Saturday in Bloomington. Something's going to happen. Terrible call, uh, an elbow, whatever. You're going to have to play through a hostile environment and adversity. Just we talk about home court advantage so much. And the reason is we've been on the road a lot. You and I have been everywhere, Wayne, and things don't go your way. You know, it just it just is what it is. And that's why Allen Fieldhouse is so valuable because when teams come here, they say it's because we only oh, pay the refs off. It's a big conspiracy, whatever. No, it's because they're in a tough place. Our fan base is unbelievable and things don't always go well. And it's all about how you react, how you handle it. And that's what Bill wants to find out is when things go bad on Saturday, how does DeWan get them together? How does Kevin get them together? How does Hunter react? How does KJ? And more importantly, how do those next four guys react that have never been there? Nick Timberlake never played there. I mean, maybe he has played there, but he was at Towson. Jamari, El Marco, Johnny, all those guys, this is going to be an eye-opener for them. They've all had experience. They've, they've played big high school tournaments, big AAU tournaments, but this is going to be different, and it's good for them. Yeah, speaking of reactions, it's uh, my mind goes back to uh, Hunter Dickinson's uh, flagrant foul that he had uh, yeah. there late in the second. And, you know, look, te- teams are watching film, and they're looking to find any little edge that they can use uh, to help them uh, defensively. And I think that, that, that Hunter's reaction, and, and it wasn't a malicious play, uh, at all, so no need to. It was, in, it was intentional, but it wasn't malicious. It was intentional. It was, wasn't malicious. Nothing above the shoulder, like uh, like your friend Draymond Green uh, over there, who's <laughs> who needs some help. Oh um, God, how about that? I mean, I want your take on that real quick. Like, it's it's. I think Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are happy that happened because it it took away from the 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 horrible ending to the Chiefs Bills game, which I know is in the Chiefs podcast, but that okay, that's gone. But they're probably pumped that Draymond did that in a weird way to take pressure off of their press conferences. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I can't I can't defend that. Uh Draymond and, and his 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 antics. Um but but going back to Hunter, I will say like I think teams are gonna Hold on. To... You see the way see the way we, I mean, I'm trying to get you know, people. You know, Wayne's just just so politically correct, and just I don't care how, how about I don't care anything about Draymond Green. How about that? I'm just, that I, no, I, I don't either. I just want yeah. I just want a I just want you know what you should have punched back or I, I don't know. I want something out of you. Mm, I don't. Yeah, I, I I I it's so much so that I haven't even like followed the commentary other than seeing the the flagrant foul, like the 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 flailing of the arm, like. Um, you know, yeah. on the on the gym, you know, on the TV. Uh, so uh, I haven't, you know, no, heard any, any of his press clippings or any of the pundits. I've been I've been following that because it's typical kind of Draymond stuff. So I don't, I, I don't have any strong opinions on on that. And this is kind of the first time that I think people are tired of him. I mean, they're just they're tired of him. They're tired of his excuses, and he's either going to have to fix it or it's not going to be over because he's still going to find a home. But they're tired of him. It's all. You know, it's just like when you parent, when your kids always have the same excuse. You're like, hey, enough. Either quit using that excuse, move on, get better. And that's why I think people are with Draymond. They're like, all right, I, th- these aren't coincidences. 
The common denominator is you. And I guess, I guess he's got the money to pay the fines in. Um, but, but, but thinking about Hunter and, and his reaction, his flagrant foul, I would be surprised if you didn't find more teams uh, going deeper into their bench, finding the biggest, strongest guy to just kind of lean on him, to agitate him, you know, to hold his arm, to push, to pull, to prod, uh, all those type of little things that just kind of agitate you and get, and get under your skin to maybe try to cause a reaction like that or to cause him to, you know, have to focus more on, um, you know, jabbing back at the defender uh, rather than being than being assignment correct. So I, I'd be surprised if this was the first time or the last time that we saw uh, an opponent uh, do use some antics to try to kind of get under his skin a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And we said that in the broadcast because it was it was you know that was fine. It was it was UMKC winning the game, but let's just say that it's. Indiana with 10 minutes to go in the first half and he does something that he can't get back. I'm not saying he's going to be Draymond Green, but let's just say he accidentally hits him above the shoulder and get kicked out. No, no rocket science to tell you that we're not the same team without him. I mean, and, and our, how many times have you and I said the margin is very, very slim and with margin being so slim, we need all hands on deck, and, and I completely agree with you. They're going to put the Greg Gurley of the world who don't play much and say, hey, go out there and just kind of, you know, tickle them, hit them, <laughs> pull the pants down, do whatever, and piss them off and see what happens. And, and you're, you're one, of, one of my terms that Wayne loves, we hear all the same as what, Wayne? I'm not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> But, you know, it'll be a good test on Saturday. They're seven and two. Uh, need that feather in the cap. We talk about, you know, in 17 years, Bill Self has had his team as the number one seed in the NCAA tournament 11 times out of 17 years. The best streak ever. Coach K was 10 times over 18 once, but that's it. So uh, all signs at nine and one point to uh, a win like this. And then a Yale and a Wichita State win puts you at put you at twelve and one in the non-conference with your lone loss being against a Final Four contending team in Marquette. I think we would get through the non-con be like, all right, would we have liked to have been thirteen and zero? Sure, but did the loss actually help us? Probably. So the next three games, you know, here we are in December. What is it? You know, we got three games left in the month of December. We're halfway through the month. That's all we have. There's going to be a little break in between where the guys can go home. But uh, the real big one of the three is the road game in Indiana. Yeah, it is interesting. You mentioned uh, the upcoming break, but, you know, in a way, the guys are kind of in a unique break now, so to speak, with it being finals week. And no midweek game, which I actually really like because for me, and I'd be interested to hear from you, it actually allows the Missouri game to linger a little bit longer and you get a chance to kind of enjoy it a little bit more. You get a chance to walk differently around the Kansas city area a little bit longer because we don't have that quick Tuesday game right after it and, right. uh, and, and moving on real quick, but uh, practice been dialed down a little bit. Guys have been uh, finishing up their finals. Campus is starting to get quiet. 
uh, practice routines kind of changing, but then of course it's it's building up into the, this big time matchup. Which, you know, when when you throw the name Blue Blood out there, I think historically in the past Indiana might have been considered in that category. I'm not so much sure about that right now. I mean, in my book, man, like, ooh, UConn. I think UConn has has kind of flipped it and 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 entered themselves into that 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 category. But it's going to be a big game nonetheless in uh, in Bloomington. Yeah, if there are the blue bloods, like we always talk about, Carolina, Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, and if there's a fifth, would it be Indiana or UConn? tend to agree with you that it's probably UConn. I mean, yeah, most recently, it, for sure. I think you could throw UCLA in there. Historically, you know, it's been a while for them. I think, yeah, I historically, think, it'd be UCLA for sure. But I would say UCLA has had more recent success than Indiana uh, in, in in years past, for sure. Well, think about, uh, uh, they went to three straight Final Fours, never won it back in, uh, what was that, like 07, 09 or whatever with, uh, oh boy, what was his name? He went on to go to Mississippi State, uh, shoot, Ben Howland. He, he took, think about that, three straight Final Fours. He's kind of the, they were kind of the Buffalo Bills of, uh, of uh, college basketball. Yeah, the Buffalo Bills. Bills on the other side. I know, every, everything goes back to Buffalo, right? <laughs> but, uh, you know, the last uh, little bit on Kansas basketball, big game this weekend, Yale on the 22nd, you got a break. but. You mentioned finals week, and you know it's been a little different part of a week. You know, we went went into practice yesterday. They probably went for an hour. Today they went for a little bit, and and but once finals are over, over, then you become a professional basketball player. You don't have any academics. You got no responsibilities other than basketball, and you can go do individual workouts. You can go shoot a thousand free throws. This is a you know, and Christmas break is going to be long this year. I mean, it's, I mean, what, what, what was today? The 16th or no, excuse me, the 14th. And it's, you know, they're done tomorrow. And then uh, this is when Bill gets his playbook in there. And the playbook to me is going to be so important because as we've said, we don't have those breaky down off the dribble guys that can just Paul Pierce it or, or Ochai Abaji just create. It's not a knock on our guys. It's just Kevin's going to do that, but he's not that gifted of an offensive player. He's getting better. Hunter, you got to kind of set him up, get him in the post. You know, Dewan's going to be a defer, defer, defer. KJ is kind of turned into one of our better passers, but he's not going to break you down with the dribble. So my point being, that playbook, the X's and O's, has to get more and more solidified, and we have to run our stuff in order to put guys in a position to score. So that's why Christmas break is so important because you can really dig in and, and get guys where you want them. And obviously, Bill's the best at picking teams apart through schemes. Yeah, you had that first portion of the non-con to kind of find out, you know, who you're becoming, not maybe who you fully are quite yet. Uh, but who you're who you're becoming, you know, how you can score best, what your deficiencies are, and then get a chance to kind of fine-tune some of those things over the Christmas break before going into the uh the regular conference season. And, and this is one of the things that, that he does best. And and hopefully we have some opportunities where we can continue to build guys' confidence, kind of build their trust, 
as they're moving into that. But, you know, it's crazy thinking about what's waiting for us in the Big 12. I mean, you know, okay, we all, like, historically, we know, hey, gauntlet, 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 we know that. But, like, oof, like it feels like even more so now. I mean, we're the number two team in the country, but we don't even have the top net in our conference. I mean, Houston, Baylor, BYU, Oklahoma, like, all have a higher net net than we do and it's like we're getting ready to walk into that yeah we need to fine-tune some things before we get ready to head uh into that over the christmas break that's for sure you mentioned oklahoma i did not see that coming uh you know it, it's harder as a broadcaster and a follower of college basketball to really look at what they were last year go through the off season and try to figure out what they're going to be the next season because there's just so many parts that are coming and going. Yeah, true. And I, I, I watched Oklahoma the other day, and I couldn't really name a lot of the guys. But they're good. They're a top ten team, and I did not see that coming. You knew Baylor, you knew Texas. You, you, you always know about uh, uh, the ones. That, you know who, who am I forgetting? Uh, uh, Baylor, Texas. We don't know much about West Virginia. I think Iowa State's going to be good, and then. You throw into the mix, you know, your Cincinnati, Central Florida, BYU's a top 25 team. Uh, so it's going to be oh, Houston. That's who I'm forgetting. Jeez, Houston's the third ranked team in the country, right? So our conference is a gauntlet. Uh, like I said, the next two weeks, we play three games. Then we play on December 30th in uh, Kansas City. And then don't play again until the 6th. We have that whole week of. So, Wayne, you can go out hard on New Year's Eve. Sleep all day on the first. We don't have a game till the sixth at home. So I want you to really enjoy New Year's Eve and, and, and get after it. If you want the, the truth, I actually have a uh a waterfowl hunting trip planned right out right after that. So like that's how that's how I'm gonna go hard in the paint, uh bringing in the new year is uh letting some steel fly. At, uh, boring. So I know you get really excited about boring. that. Boring. <laughs> a water. That's what you come back and with a waterfowl trip. Yes. Yes. It's right up my alley. Well, you're a smart enough man to know not to invite me on that. <laughs> I would be the negative cold guy. Like this is stupid. Yeah. 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 Negative Nancy. Are you killing? Yeah. Uh. Before we go to a break, and then we're going to welcome in, a, a guess we got Darnell Jackson, which producer Wayne Simeon secured Darnell, an all-time favorite Jayhawk, and is doing some great things in the world of basketball and in the literary sense as well, which we'll get into. And, and uh, um, But football stadium, KUGatewayDistrict.com. Check it out. I was just over at the Anderson Football Complex. I was in Lance's office, and you look out his big windows, and it looks awesome and messy. And progress, progress. KUGatewayDistrict.com. They have a neat uh, camera where you can watch them actually knock stuff down. And the funny, the interesting thing about the stadium is it's basically like three construction projects that happened over the years. Your first 41 rows are coming down. Then in 19, I think it was 60-something, they put in another 20-some-odd rows, and that's coming down. They say that the 
press box is going to still be standing with no bleachers underneath it. That's the way the process is going to work. So that's going to be actually pretty interesting to see. But these bulldozers are out there knocking stuff down. Dump trucks are just running circles around the neighborhood down on Mississippi and Don Fambro. And you and I have talked about it a lot that we knew it was going to get worse before it gets better. And right now it's messy. It's don't, don't, don't walk your dog over by the stadium. Just stay away for about 20 months, come back, and it's going to be gorgeous. Progress. Hey, and tip of the hat. So I'm not even sure what the what that if there's even a name for that neighborhood over there, but man, bless them folk for allowing all that noise and dust and massive dump trucks running in and out of there, man. It's and and it's gonna be you know years worth uh, for that. And so, man, certainly appreciate the folks living in that neighborhood for for putting up uh, putting up with that that mess and inconvenience for the sake of uh, for that incredible new stadium they're putting together. No question. A lot going on in the in the uh, football world as you watch social media and the internet as far as who's leaving, who's going, who's coming. And it's just uh, like we talk about basketball coaches all the time, or really any coaches, that after the year's over, which granted we still have a bowl game to play, but after this is their little window and, and, and you look all over the country, our coaching staff has done an amazing job at retention. Doesn't mean there's not going to be some more defections. I'm telling you that. But if you look at the Big 12 conference, on we're, we're, we're kind of down here as far as number of guys leaving. And uh, we got a lot of guys, a lot of eligibility left. We want them back. And, and our coaches are over there working at, at keeping them. And they've done a fantastic job. And uh, hopefully they can keep that up because the, the nucleus that we have, you know, Wayne and I are heading to, Phoenix. We're going to be gone for about 30 hours, leaving early on the 26th, the day of the game. And I can't wait. Uh, great support. Sold our allotment. So many people gone. We're going to be playing in a baseball stadium, which I'm kind of excited about. Be kind of different. Uh, but regardless, we're playing a ball game. I don't care where we play it. Well, I take that back. As long as it wasn't Shreveport. I didn't want to go to Shreveport. <laughs> and, and I'm not, I've never been to Shreveport, but I know that I didn't want to go there. Uh, kind of like when you're like a kid and, you know, your mom puts Brussels sprouts. You've never had them, but you know <laughs> you don't like them. Kind of like that. Now I like Brussels sprouts. But, but yeah, it's. Uh, I know I don't want to go to Shreveport. Sorry if the Shreveport Chamber of Commerce is watching this. I apologize. <laughs> but uh, Whatever. That's just – would you like to go to Shreveport, Wayne? You know, and I, I don't, I don't mind Louisiana. I don't mind Cajun food, but, but I, you know how I like Phoenix. You know how much I like the Scottsdale area. Hey, I'm a little, I'm a little curious because when I think about playing in a baseball stadium, on my, in my mind, my mind goes back to like mid '90s, late '90s when it's it's Chiefs Raiders, but you know, and they're playing in the, you know, the same spot where the Oakland A's played, and so you got like. Bo Jackson and Marcus Allen like running around on grass and they break a play and now they're like running over infields. And then like, you kind of remember that when they had the multi like fields on there. I wonder if it's going to be like a version of that or if they'll find a way to make it all grass or I, I don't know. I'm curious about that. No, it's all grass. I, I, I wanted the same thing. Cause you're exactly right. You'd run on grass, then there'd be dirt, you know, and just there were a couple of stadiums, I think around like shared stadiums uh, during, during that time where they had, oh, I think, I think during the, I think during the 
during the 60s, there was the cookie cutter. It was Cincinnati. Uh, uh, all of them had, they were multi because it cost so much. I think back in the day, they're like, well, let's just play football and baseball in there. And they did it, but that's not the case anymore. So it'll be interesting. I, again, I know Jack Nation will show up. Uh, so many of our, our, our large supporters are going. It's going to be a great opportunity for us to get some FaceTime with them, all the people that are backing the Gateway District, which you and I are, are working every day on. We, we got this great preview center over there at the Here Apartment Complex on the uh, on the uh, west side of Here, which is right off of Mississippi, and and it's fantastic. We we did they did such a great job of putting together. The, the gateway district, the kugatewaydistrict.com website, and then they portray. We got a kind of a little movie theater over there that shows you all the different options. And, and uh, when we do open it up, even more so, uh, check it out. Yeah, it was awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I had a couple in there today, and you know, obviously, we're trying to identify uh, some some sweet holders. But man, Did there's you so close many. Them? didn't close them yet. They didn't close them. They're 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 existing sweet holders. So I think they're trying to see what the what the new offerings are. Have um, you watched? You know the movie Glenn Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. That is missing me right now. I, don't, I got no idea who that is. Every big name actor was in it: Al Pacino, Alec Baldwin, Jack Lemmon, Ed Harris. I would consider maybe two of those big time but that's that might be a stretch but recognize, <laughs> recognizable names uh-huh. uh there you go recognizable okay okay jack lemon i mean grumpy old man it's uh abc do you know what abc stands for mm. always be closing that's my that's my alec baldwin sales motivational tip of the day ah <laughs> well why don't we take a uh a little break this is the jacker podcast brought to you by the university of kansas health system and black and veach rock chop back here on the jacker podcast slight change of plans or really actually a pretty massive change of plans uh unable to connect with darnell jackson we're going to get him on another week of the jacker podcast brought to you by the university of kansas health system and black and veach um i think what we do now buddy is just kind of wrap up i was looking forward to talking to to big darnell but again we'll do that another time quick game prediction for indiana 7366 jayhawks i'll go uh 8468 jayhawks and if uh, we if we get the 84 points, that means we've probably made at least six nine three. threes. Six six threes. Yeah. So and we and, and we we would all take that. <laughs> we would all take it for sure. But yeah, it's gonna be a fun atmosphere. It's an early start, eleven thirty AM Central, twelve thirty Eastern, which means Greg will be a happy guy. Greg and Wayne will get home by dinner time. Got my family, uh well. Kate's coming in town from Denver to join us. So that'll be nice as I'm sure Wayne with his large family and him basically living with all of his family on the same cul-de-sac, which is such a cool, cool thing you got going there. You don't have to, you guys all staying in town, right? It'll be eventful. Yeah, it'll be eventful. Uh, next week, 
I'm not going to say a guest, but I do want to tease it. It's going to be good. He's one of the, uh, assuming a 98% chance we'll get him. He's one of the polarizing figures of Kansas athletics in the last two or three years and has got us on the right path. How about that? Is that a I'm liking your facial expressions and your hand gestures and way to not give it away. Do you want to see my grumpy Wayne Simeon Grinch face? Let's 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 see it for the hollow holiday cheer. Bah humbug. Bah. Does, he, does he say bah humbug? I don't know. I don't think he does. Well, quick segment. We're done. Happy holidays, everyone. Um, big game this weekend. Let's do it. Let's get to 10 and 1 and uh, enjoy our holidays. One more game before the break against Yale. Uh, bowl game here in a couple weeks. So, a lot going on. Go to KUGatewayDistrict.com to check out the progress, learn about premium seating options, seating options, anything, how to give back. Anybody. At the end of the year, they got some. They just had a crazy successful year and and uh, want to give some money back. Call Wayne Simeon, call Greg Gurley, call whoever you want. We need it all. It's a big project. Hit us up. Uh, we'll buy lunch, right? You name it, wherever you want it. On the plaza, town center, power light, the legends. We'll meet you anywhere. It takes a village. We need it all. KUGatewayDistrict.com, Williams Fund. We're not hard to reach. We've got two phones, iPads, computers, landlines, whatever. Hit us up, Jacker Podcast, University of Kansas Health System, Black and Beach, Rock Chalk. Happy holidays. Out. You want to see my Grinch face? Did that with your kids? <laughs>